0: So my testimony today is from the Brzezinski family, and so um, this is 14 pages long, and so it'll, it'll take, not. Um, so I, I'm going to, I'm going to read this, but this is a touching supernatural um, testimony that I want you to hear. We've been reading testimonies about 2020, and the things that happened in that year and, and how God did amazing things. And how many have liked and enjoyed the testimonies? You keep sending them in. If you keep sending them in, we'll keep reading them. Amen? Because we're believing that this year, the testimonies coming out of 2021, we're going to be reading testimonies uh, throughout all of 22. Amen? Because of what happened this year. We're excited about it. So at Word First 2020, we were given, this is, this is Michelle, reading this about her whole family. At Word First, or I mean, she typed this out, so I'm reading to you from Michelle. At Word First 2020, we were given a prophetic word about having more children, physical and spiritual. This was a, con- this was a confirming and encouraging word for what uh, for what we have been standing for and believing for over five years. A month later, we were literally given a child who you all know as Eliza, from whom we just celebrated her first birthday. Everybody shout amen to that. And who we will be officially adopting this spring. But what many don't know are all the wonderful God details we've experienced along the way to her joining our family. Most people know that we had been living uh, only halftime in Kerrville until June of 2019, when we sold our home in Waco and were finally at peace about the timing of fully moving to Kerrville. Our Waco home sold after being listed for only four hours—not four days, four hours—and at a full asking price. God then led us to begin the foster, uh, the foster to adopt, the foster to adopt certification process, while we were completing construction on our new home here. Adopting children was a desire we've had since before we were married 15 years ago. But we couldn't foster until we lived full-time in one place. When we finally moved into our new home in October 2019, we didn't hesitate to set up a baby room complete with crib, changing table, an attic full of baby clothes organized by size, and we were given a newborn bassinet, which we immediately placed in our own bedroom. So that was before child or before anything else. What were they doing? Stepping out in faith and preparing for what was about to come. Can you say amen? God had already clearly impressed upon me that our next child would be born in Kerrville by me or someone else. The desire of our hearts was to foster, to adopt an infant. However, according to the system, fostering to adopt an infant is rare because most children ready for adoption have already been in the system for at least two years. And most children are much older than that. They kept asking us to consider taking older children. Our reply was simply, we, can't, we, we can be patient. We ha- had already waited five years for our next child. There was no changing our minds now. In January 2020, just after receiving that prophetic word at Word First, we went on our yearly family vacation, feeling as though God was leading us to go a little earlier than usual and cut it short all necessarily all necessary foster training trainings were completed and we were expecting to get a placement call for a child any day on monday february 3rd 2020 we got a call from the placement coordinator that our foster licensing had actually been just been made official that day and we once again went over the details of our desires being for an infant in spite of all the facts how many know that Many times in things you're believing God for, the facts say you're not going to get it. And the facts are there, and the enemy uses the facts to try to convince you that you're not going to get it. God's not that big. You really can't believe God for things that go against the system or the natural things in the way that they look. Just wanted to point that out based on what they said here. Three days later on February 6th, Brian heard God say to him, they will call about a baby girl when when you are traveling. Tell Michelle to say yes. The the very next morning on February 7th at 9.15 a.m., wow, I received a text from our placement coordinator that a a two-day-old baby girl born in Kerrville with an already high probability for adoption needed placement. Man. It's just amazing when you believe God for things. Just amazing what happens. Brian was on a plane traveling for work, but I, I knew he would say yes. They asked me if I needed any baby baby items. And aside from diapers and formula, our house was completely ready to receive her. By 1:15 p.m., Eliza was in our home and she was never le- and she has never left. That's supernatural just in, in itself. We've, we our family has different ones that have adopted many children, and, and that's just supernatural that the child never left. A lot of times they come, they have to go back, and you know there's a lot of trauma that goes on and those kind of things. She never left. <clears throat> they are calling us the unicorn case <laughs> because of how smoothly Eliza's case has gone and how completely uninterrupted our whole year has been. Our foster-to-adopt process has been drama-free, which is completely uncharacteristic of most foster cases, what we had been standing for in faith for five years suddenly, suddenly, everybody say suddenly, for, for, five, years, suddenly. for five years suddenly, standing for five years suddenly, standing for five years suddenly, standing for six years suddenly, standing for 10 years Suddenly, what's the key to that? What's the key to that whole process? Didn't quit. Everybody say suddenly. Suddenly became perfect and complete within five days. That's what, we, that's what 2020 was, the year of perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Woo! There are so many more beautiful details that occurred during these years. Uh, during these years, we stood in faith, but the highlights are what we... we uh, now know that we couldn't have known then. You see, over the, over the time we were praying and standing in faith for this child, her birth mother's life had been under severe mental and repetitive physical attack by the enemy for years. Eliza even being born alive in spite of all the attacks endured from early on in the womb is a miracle. And Eliza having no damaging health issues whatsoever to this day and all of her, and all of her days is a result of what we didn't know we were actually covering in prayer before we ever knew her. Mm, 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 mm. That's why you pray every day. That's why you pray and declare things every day, and that's why you pray for other people every day. You don't know what all is going on and what is happening. It's the words that we speak. It's praying in the Spirit. It's believing in our own lives and believing for other people, like the song says, so that we have the evidence of the goodness of God. I said, so we have the evidence of the goodness of God. Man. What we also know now is that the process of believing God is not just for us. Yes, the desires of our hearts were brought to fruition, but there was a bigger plan. God was using our words of faith, our release of the Holy Spirit all these years, To prepare a way for a child's life to be saved at this point in time. mm, For a lost, hurting woman to be continuously covered in prayer for the rest of her life. And generational curses meant to kill and destroy an entire family we've never met have now been stopped in their tracks. This is the importance of believing. Mm. We cannot look at Eliza... And not know that God is faithful. She is living, she is a living, breathing manifestation of His promises. What next, Lord? We believe. <laughs> Woo! Come on, shout amen somebody today. Man, 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 man. Is God faithful? Is God faithful? Woo! God is so faithful. Amen. So, Today, I told you last week in in our our series, I I said I might be ending it last week or I may have another message. And today, I want to just finish this. Uh, I I just had two things that I I feel like I couldn't leave without revisiting and addressing in my message today. The title of my message is The Depth of Prayer. The Depth of Prayer. You know, I want to say that you know, we, 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 we live in a world where, you know, when you, when you come to church here and you see people and you see people all the time and everybody says hi and everybody says, you know, it's all great and everything seems to be good or it appears to be good. You really have no idea what people go through in their lives. And, you know, when, you, when, you're, when you're sitting under the Word and you're allowing the Word to change the way that you think, it's one thing. But what, what I've realized through the years and what I, what I realize today more than ever in, in the people that, that I ask God for in my life, I, I don't just choose anybody, I'm, I'm looking for people that God wants me to be in their life to give them hope. Because a life without God is a life with no hope. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how much they have, how much they don't have. I don't, it doesn't matter. I don't care, you know, I don't care what their history is, where they came from. It, it, none of it matters. Nothing matters but God. And people that have no understanding of God, I'm I'm amazed at some of the people that maintain and have good attitudes in life. But when you spend any time with them, if they trust you and they don't think you're going to judge their life, people will open up to you and they'll share with you things. And, And all of it, most of what is rooted in people's lives is fear. Fear of life, fear of the future, fear of man, fear of failure, fear of everything. And it's that fear that started in the garden with Adam and Eve that Jesus came and liberated us from that we don't have to live our lives in fear. And I told you last week that in life there are many substitutes. There are many substitutes for God. People will put their faith or They'll, they'll, they'll find a release in natural things, in drugs or alcohol. They'll find release in, in, in you know, all different types of things. I mean, you know, a, a person, you're seeing that, that golf movie right there. You know, I, when I was growing up, golf saved my life. I didn't know God, had no relationship with God whatsoever. But I had something to pour my life into. Had I not, the drugs and alcohol and the things that I was involved in would have taken me out. The, the, the golf was in there and, and, and stepped in and, and, and was a substitute for really living a destructive life. And, and then when I met God, you know, over time, and it took a lot of years, what God wanted is God didn't want my identity to be in golf. He now wanted my identity with him. You realize if, if you love golf, God will let you play golf God says it's fine to play golf and do whatever it is that you want to do. He just doesn't want that to control your life because he knows if that's where your faith is, it'll end in destruction. It won't produce the life he intended you to live on planet earth. And prayer is the substitute for anything that you feel like you need to exist on this earth. Real prayer what so we talked about for the last three weeks. I encourage you to go back and listen to those messages online. You can download our app and listen to those. They don't cost you anything. They're there, available for you to listen to and, and to, to, to go over and, and be able to meditate on. But <clears throat> prayer is that is that real substitute. What is prayer? We defined it as connection with God. Um, last time we read this passage of Scripture in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, and I'm going to read it. Verse six and seven. I want to read it again. And he said, "Be anxious." And I'll I'll just throw in some other words that are in different translations. I'm going to say, "Be anxious, worried, or fretful, or you know, under under extreme pressure about nothing. Be anxious, worried, fretful about nothing." but in everything by prayer and supplication. Prayer and supplication is the substitute for worry and fretting and and living an anxious life. Everybody say it's a substitute. The word prayer there is, 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 is a connection with God. When you connect with God, you find the will of God. Through the Word of God, you find the will of God. And when you find the will of God... In your connection, you've you've developed a life of prayer, many forms of prayer all through the Bible. But to me, one of the most important prayers is the prayer of consecration, consecrating yourself to the will of God, knowing what the will of God is. Is it God's will for you and I to be well in our physical bodies? Absolutely. I mean, I heard a lot of yeses. Why? Because that's what we preach. But it's not what we preach, it's what the Word says is true, and we declare what He says is so, right? The other word in this passage, and it's used, it's used a half a dozen times in different passages that we've read over the last three weeks, the other word is the word supplication. I'm going to read this again. Be anxious, worried, fretful about nothing, but instead substitute your worry and anxiety with prayer and supplication. When you look at the word supplication, literally, in in the Greek, in in the New Testament, most of the times you see the word supplication, it's the word asking. Say that. Asking. Asking. Now, I think sometimes people have a mindset about asking in a way that, you know, um, you know. Let's say that, let's say that. Well, Fabian has a pickup, okay, and if Fabian trusted me with his pickup and I needed to borrow that, I'm asking him to borrow the pickup, and I need to borrow it next week. No, I'm. Teasing. <coughs> I need to borrow the pickup to haul something, and I'm not asking him if I know he trusts me, okay? If if we have a relationship, if we're connected like God, you're connected with God, in that life of prayer, you know what you you can ask for. So when I'm asking him, I'm kind of like asking him, like, could you organize the day you're going to let me use your truck? see, not everybody looks at it like that. Somebody may come to him and like, um, Fabian, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, but I've got, to, I've got to haul this thing. And, you know, I, you know, I don't want to mess your truck up. And I don't want to this. And I don't want to... If you don't know him, and if he's that kind of a person and you know that, you wouldn't ask him. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you're asking in a wrong way. But when you know God and you know it belongs to you, then you're not asking for something that is not yours. The asking has to do with you and I. God already knows, we've read the Scripture last week, He already knows everything you have need of. I'm going to say it again. God already knows every single thing that you have need of in your life. So when I'm coming to him and I need healing in my body, notice what he said here. Be anxious for nothing. The substitute is prayer and connecting with God, knowing the will of God, so that in my supplication, in my asking, I'm doing it how? What's the next two words? With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. I'm asking with thanksgiving. So, so how do you ask with thanksgiving? Let's use the example with Fabian's pickup. <clears throat> so it would be like this. I'm talking about we have a relationship, we trust each other, because in a real friendship, what you have is your friends. Did Jesus call us friends? Yeah, he called us his friend. So he's saying, everything I have is yours. So I call Fabian on the phone and I said, Fabian, thanks so much for owning a pickup. And uh, thanks for being my friend. And I need to use it in two weeks on that day. Will that work for you? I'm not asking, like, will he let me use it? I'm asking it knowing he's going to let me have it. I'm working the details out. Father, I I, I come before you today with what? Begging? No, no. Begging is not the way you supplicate. And begging and asking isn't isn't a repetitive asking like you don't deserve it, like it's not yours. I come before him. Father, I thank you for the healing anointing that is even today touching my body because by the stripes of Jesus, 2,000 years ago, I was healed. Not I will be when I, have, when I feel that way, I was, right? And what I'm doing under his direction, like my father Abraham did, I'm calling those things at the moment that are not necessarily that way because I'm in pain, the circumstances are not changed at the moment, but I'm calling them changed even before I see them changed. The world says that's stupid. You're not denying the fact that there's something wrong. That's lying. I'm denying what the symptoms say. I'm denying them the right to remain in my body because of what he did. That's the way I come and I ask in faith, with thanksgiving. He said, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. What is the requesting about? Is it for God? Because God's saying, well, you know, I'm not sure what they need. No, he knows what you have need of before you ask. We read that last week. He knows what you have need of before you ask. So let your requests be made known unto God, and what happens? Now, when you start developing a relationship and a connection with God, and you have that relationship, then you begin by faith to ask Him for things, and you come before Him in faith with thanksgiving Then what happens is the peace of God comes over your mind, and what happens with your mind? Then you stop figuring out how, when, and where it's going to happen. I'm going to say it again. When the peace of God rules over your heart, your mind, your emotions, then you quit trying to figure out and work out how this thing is going to happen. He said, leave the manifestation to me. Why? Because he's already done it. And I'll just tell you this. Most people are trying to think it out more than they are believing it. I'm going to say it again. Most people are trying to think their way in to the blessing of God instead of receiving what he's actually done for you. He wants you coming to him. He wants you asking with thanksgiving if I'll give you an example. If I'm, if there's something that has, I'll, I'll just give you an example of, of something I'm standing on right now, in, in my physical body. On the on the right side of my foot, on the bottom of my foot, is something that's under the skin. He so, said, "Well, you know, maybe it's just. Can you say zit? Yeah." Maybe it's just a zit on the bottom of your foot, you know. Well, it's not. It's something else. It's real hard on the bottom of my foot. Maybe it's just something or whatever. It, it, it doesn't matter. I, it really doesn't matter what it is, okay? But, like, when, when I walk right here, that kind of hurts. Just on the, on the left side of this, of this left foot, when I put my foot down, that thing hurts. Well, just go to the doctor. Well, if I was supposed to go to the doctor, then I'd go. But what God told me to do is to speak over that every day and command whatever that is to leave. So every day, every single day, multiple times a day, many times, even when I feel it, I just it'll come out of my mouth. Father, I thank you. I am the healed now in Christ Jesus. Listen to me. That is asking for what belongs to you. And do you see the right I had? My example with Fabian, if I have a relationship with him, if I know he's good with lending his truck out, if I know those things, then I don't come, you know, with my tail between my legs and apologizing that I have to use his pickup. I'm coming and just working out the day it's going to work out. You you understand? Don't come to Fabian and try to borrow his pickup. You know, you got to have a relationship with him first. You understand? Those things are vital that we understand What this asking is looking like, because if you don't understand how to ask, then you spend your time begging more than you do coming before Him with thanksgiving to receive what is yours. I said this last week prayer is the substitute. For worry. Prayer is the substitute for worry. Prayer, supplication is a form of prayer. Prayer, connection with God, knowing God, having faith in God, ha- understanding how to come before God with thanksgiving, is the substitute for. For worry, care, anxiety, fretfulness that produces what? Heart attacks that produce what? Leaving the planet before your time. God wants you to live a long, full life. And I promise you the key to it is changing the way, substituting the way you deal with life. Some people think if I don't worry, I'm not being responsible. I'm telling you, there's no day like the present to get worry out. But you're not going to just quit worrying. You have to substitute it with something else, and it's a life developed in connecting with God, which is prayer, and in that prayer time, learning how to, by faith, ask to receive everything that belongs to you. So that, so that the evidence of God's goodness is on and in your life, and the people that are hopeless out there, are, are, they, they, they gravitate towards you spiritually, not because of what you say, but because of the presence of God that's on your life. When you live a life of thanksgiving toward God, you live a life that is worry-free, stress-free. Notice in that, in that passage in, in, in Philippians, he didn't say... You know, if you wake up and it's a good day, don't worry. He said worry about nothing. And if he said it, and you believe the word of God, I'm a believer of the word. If you're a believer of the word and he said it, then you can do it. Why? He gave us his spirit, he gave us his son, he gave us the word which is The son personified the living word. He gave us everything that we need to empower us to never worry. That's the course I'm on. Old things are passed away, and I'm never worried. Old things are passed away, and I will never worry another day in my life. Well, yeah, Pastor, you know, just sometimes you, you just get, no, no, get nothing. I'll want none of it. I'll have no part of it. No worry. No worry. Does that mean that, that I'll never have another worry thought? No, that means probably I have more worried thoughts. Nothing you can do, nothing you can do about the thoughts that come to your mind. It's what you do with them when they come. No, we don't give into to that. To the point that the enemy starts giving up and he said, well, I'll try a different way. Try to hit him in, from a different angle. Try to nail him from a different place. Whatever, no matter what place he comes from, God's already got it covered if we trust him, if we have relationship with him, if we know how to ask him, if we know how to come before him and receive all that belongs to us. Can you say amen? James 1 and verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Let him ask of God. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. If any man lacks a pickup to go haul his brush away, let him ask Fabian. But Do you get what I'm saying? I mean, I'm, you know, it's funny, but I'm saying, you get what I'm saying. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who's got it all and got what I need. He knows what I need before I need it. And now he said, go before him. But, but watch, this is how you ask. But let him ask in what? In faith. With no doubting. Well, you know, I'm working on it. Okay, keep working on it. Well, you know, I kind of got a little doubt. Keep working on it. Keep working on it. What's involved in the doubting? What's involved in the doubting? uh, I mean, there's probably other things, but mainly what's involved in the doubting are these things. What you see, how you feel in a situation, what everybody else says, that's what has to do with the doubting. So we put more stock in what CNN says, what, what our neighbor says, What a friend who's been through something that you're dealing with and they didn't make it, well, you know, why would God do that for me kind of a deal. You you understand? It's all the things that we hear, the things we see, and how we feel. It's our five physical senses that have to do with the doubt. That's why we got to, you're not losing your senses. If you want to live here, you have to have the senses. We have to renew those. We have to bring those senses under authority to the word of God, so that what I see in the natural, mm-mm, no, I see that, but I don't believe that. I believe what God said. I don't care how I feel in this situation. I choose to believe what God says. See, how do we come to God? With thanksgiving, thanking Him, letting my request be made known. He didn't say He's insensitive, He doesn't, you know, you're, you're, You've cried about that too much. You've been this. No, no, no. Just come. Just in whatever ugly way you have to come to God, just come and learn how to come before him, get the wisdom that you need, but you have to ask in faith and deal with the doubting. That's a lifetime process. So, you know, take a deep breath and just do it. It doesn't have to be by next, you know, tomorrow afternoon. It's not going to work that way. You're going to deal with doubt and unbelief for the rest of your life. Till you leave this planet and you're face to face before him up there in heaven, which is a real place. There's no resistance to our faith. Here it's constant. It is constant. What really pleases him is us having faith and trust and confidence in him in spite of what we go through. He's not insensitive to the things that you deal with or you go through. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you today, we have hope. Man, I have hope in God. huh? And I meet people all the time that have none. They have none. You know what they try to hide? Some people try to hide behind laughing and joking and all those kind of things. <laughs> you know, joking. You know, you find somebody that's always cutting a joke about something. There's something he's probably covering up. I'm not talking about you. I'm just saying some people. And whatever it is that people have as a substitute for embracing the glory of God and the nature of God and what really works in the kingdom of God, whatever they're embracing, that has to be set free. They have to be free of that because that's where doubt and unbelief resonate. We can trust God and we can have faith in God so we can help other people. Man, glory to Jesus Amen? We're in the helping business. I'm not going to read the rest of that verse. You can read it. But just remember this. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes, and he wants me to be like him, so that's where my faith is that I never change. But the only way that I can have that attitude and that faith that I'll, that, I, that I'll be the same person all the time, not up and down and up and down, and one way one day and another way the next day, up and down and up and down. Only way that I can begin to develop that is with my connection with Him and the development of my asking of Him. You have to have that ongoing relationship because He wants you liberated and free. He do not want you stuck in, the, in, in, the, in these this doubt and unbelief rut that will take you to the grave prematurely. And it does. It, it's done it to many, many people. <clears> 1 <throat> John chapter 5. Two more, this passage and one more and I'm done. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14. Now, This is the confidence. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask, if we supplicate, if we ask any Thing, anything, anything, according to what? His will. See, if I know Fabian and I know his will and I know his nature, I don't have to second guess about borrowing the pickup. If I know God and I know his nature and I know who he is and I know what is mine in him... Then he said, this is the confidence that I have. Why? Because I've come to him for wisdom, for understanding. It's been built up in me. Now I have confidence. So now I'm asking with thanksgiving, thanking him what rightfully belongs to me. And he says, if I ask anything according to his will, that he hears me, number one. You ever said or you ever heard anybody say, you know, I just feel like, God didn't hear me. I feel like God lost my phone number. I feel like God this, that, and the other. Anybody ever said that, ever thought it, ever heard it? Yeah. That's where most people are. Well, you know, God didn't hear my prayers. Well, what, what factor is missing there in God hearing my prayers? It's me believing. And the believing is developed by me choosing to connect with God According to his will, so that when I ask anything, that he hears me, and I know that he hears me, and he said in the next part of that verse, and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know we have the petitions that we ask of him. And see, here, here's what I, I here's the thing, and I'm going to read this these next couple of verses. In Mark chapter 11. But here's the thing I want you to see in what I'm trying to get across today. Many people think that they need to ask God every single day for the same thing that they need. So let's take Fabian's pickup, for example. So I call him one day and I ask him to use his pickup. And it's going to be a week from now on a Saturday. And I called him on a, on a Saturday. So I call him Sunday. Fabian, can I borrow your pickup next, you know, next Saturday? Yeah, I already told you. Okay. I call him Monday. Fabian, can I borrow your pickup? Yeah, I already told you. Tuesday. Fabian, I, can I have your pickup? I'm asking him the same thing over and over again. Do you think that that kind of frustrates God? To ask for the same thing, that's why the asking has to be done with you. And you may be saying, you know what, Lord, I mean, I want to do it this way. I'm struggling to do it, but Lord, help my unbelief. Will he help you? Absolutely he will. Scripture says he will. You come before him. You know what, I'm struggling this. I haven't done things like this before, but you know what, I'm coming to you today and I'm saying, Father, I thank you for whatever it is that you're, you're believing for. So if, if I, I'm trying to apply it to a natural situation. So if, if I ask Fabian on a Saturday for the next Saturday, okay, and I, I'm asking him, I'm saying, listen, Fabian, I thank you, thanks for letting me use your pickup. I, I, I really appreciate that. I may call him back the next day and just say, you know what? I just want you to know how grateful and thankful that I am. that that you will allow me to use your pickup, that you trust me with that. I may call him on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and say the same thing. You see the difference in that? All the scriptures that I've read to you today are talking about how we present ourselves to him. It's about us knowing him. He already knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows what you need before you need it. Some people think, well, why aren't you giving it to me? Because of that attitude right there. Because there's no faith involved. There has to be faith developed. There has to be an asking with an understanding developed. So that when you thank him for those things, you begin to see him happen. In other words, if you have that thankful attitude, Saturday's coming. The day of reckoning for the pickup, it is coming. Come Saturday... It's there. Baby, I just wanted to thank you today. Thursday comes around. Hey, just, just, I know I've, I've said it a lot. Lord, I just wanted you to know how great you are and how wonderful in, in the asking of the pickup. I'm, I'm coming before him thanking him for the pickup. I, haven't had, I don't have it yet. I haven't driven it yet. I haven't seen him come through with it yet. And that's why people get scared with God. Well, I don't, I don't know that God would do it, and I sure wouldn't want to ask for something and it not happened. No, he said, he said right here, and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, then we know we have the petitions that we've asked of him. And if you know there it's right, then Saturday's coming. Your reckoning day is coming. And that's, what it, that's the time period that it takes for manifestation, is that we spend the time developing a real life of faith. Mark 11, and I'll end with this, 22. Jesus said to his disciples, he answered them and said, Have faith in God, or have the God kind of faith. Have faith like God. Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, Be removed, cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done He will have whatever he says. If he believes when? When he says it. When I ask Fabian the day that I asked him on the Saturday, if I believed because I knew him that the pickup was mine, then the pickup's mine. And in anything that you're believing God for, what it takes, all the work is developing that place where you know that when you're asking and you're going before him with thanksgiving, thanking him that it is yours. Because, and I can't stop with that, and I just got to say this. Because if, when I believe that it's mine, and I know that it's mine like it's said in the First John scripture, and I know that I have the request that I've asked for, then why would I go back to him and ask again? Like That would be like asking Fabian on Sunday, hey, can I borrow your pickup? See, I'm not asking again. I know now that healing belongs to me. Now I'm thanking him that I'm the healed in Christ. There is an asking in what you know is yours, but now it's through thanksgiving that it becomes a manifestation. Did you hear what I said? You need to go back and listen to the things that I've said today because these are vital to you embracing everything that God has for you. He wants you to have it more. He wants you to have it more than you want to have it. Why did God do things this way? Why did he set it up this way? I don't know. Ask him when you get to heaven. Ask him now, maybe he'll show you. I don't know exactly why he did it this way, other than he wanted a people in the midst of resistance from the enemy to trust him anyway. In heaven, we'll develop that trust and we'll have that trust when we're face-to-face with him, but there'll be no resistance to it. What he really wants is us trusting him like we're in heaven down here on earth even when there's resistance not being moved or worried or fretful about anything. That's what he really wants. And verse 24 in Mark 11 says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. And there to me That process right there is what changed my life literally in a little bitty mini book that I read probably 39, 40 years ago. Changed my life when I read that. Whatever things that you ask for when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. You believe you receive them when? Now. So when I get to the place that, that I'm asking God, Father, I thank you. And you know what? You can thank him every day. He just doesn't want you coming before him begging him for things every day in, in the form of begging like you don't deserve it. That's what he's trying to get out of us, this lack of deserving things. There's not a one of us in here that deserved anything but for the grace of God. Amen? But with the grace of God, he's empowered us It's our rights now in him to have everything he says is ours. There's not anything you can't have. Whatever you ask in faith, believing, you will receive. Someone shout amen to that. Glory to God. There's not anything we can't have. There's no day like the present day today. No day like this day. To believe God, to have faith in God, and to learn To have this grateful, thankful heart as you come before him knowing you have the right to receive all that he has for you. In the name of Jesus.